A woman recently launched a new app that let users know when their local McDonald's ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> kind of sounds like there's a story behind that one, doesn't it? No, ma'am, it's still not working, and can you please stop calling us? I don't know. Why don't you develop an app? Uh, that's a funny thing. Uh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Glad you're here. Thank you very much for tuning in. So uh, we're talking about a Florida woman who was arrested for DUI on her horse. And uh, I mentioned, I wondered whether it was a genetic condition or uh, tendency to have the look she has. Because she's, she's a drunk old lady who gets arrested for DUI on a horse. And she looks like all the old ladies do. Her face sits too low on her her head. And her jaw juts out. She got the underbite and the rest of it. She got that weathered look. And and uh, Matt in sack says, you commented on the face of the Florida woman arrested for drunk horse riding. That facial look is for jawbone loss from missing teeth. Physical impact causes bones to retain structural density. So chewing is what keeps jaws strong. Ah. Just like impact from walking keeps your leg bones strong. Astronauts lose bone density rapidly. Plus, they uh, oldsters, exercise, exercise, exercise. Do anything you can. Lift books, walk, do anything. It keeps your bone density. It keeps your strength. keeps your health. And that sunken face look is from decades of dental disease. Here's a diagram. And it's a diagram of, of uh, a lady who goes from... You know, she likes a few cocktails in Florida and and gets in a couple of slap fights to she's on her third husband and and drinks all day long (laughs) to finally she's hammered old and riding a horse and she got the low face and the underbite. So the tooth loss is usually a meth thing. I mean, you can you can live a a, a bad lifestyle. Meth, oxycontin, just lack of self care. But that's why they all have that same face, right? Because they can't chew anymore because they got no tooth. You, you see that face, unfortunately, you know, on street corners all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, with a sign that says God bless or whatever. That, that, that's the interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's why my jaw is so robust. I've got a bit of an eating problem. Hey, oh. we, we should probably mention this because this is a story today. Um, that, that stupid angry coward, the a-hole that shot up that church... Is um, it's unimaginable that he was allowed to get a gun now that we know all the stuff about him. He yeah. was a literally an escaped mental patient. That's correct. At one point in his life, a wife beater, a child beater, horrifying story. Not going to go into detail. Maybe you've heard it already. An animal beater, an animal abuser. Uh, a, a, a gun smuggler onto his Air Force base? You know, everybody heard the other day that he was drummed out of the Air Force less than honorable or conduct unbecoming or something or, or other. He was drummed out for smuggling guns onto the Air Force base and threatening his commanders. And the Air Force doesn't report to the FBI that this guy's a dangerous lunatic like the regulations and laws demand it. So this guy goes to buy an AR-15. He's got a clean record. What's the point in passing more laws? Escaped mental patient with a history of violence, drummed out of the armed forces for gun-related offenses. I gotta believe what the F, my friends. I gotta believe there's nobody. I don't care how uh, second Second Amendment you are, thinks that guy should have been able to buy that gun. I can't believe there's anybody listening to think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it's just astonishing. God, and, dang, and we sickening. gotta have a system to keep that dude from buying guns. 
And listen, Jesus, that's unreal. For once in my life, I'm going to be charitable. I hear you saying, well, that wouldn't have prevented Las Vegas. Look, there are lots of different kinds of these. They all seem the same because they end up the same with lots of dead, innocent people who deserve to live out the rest of their lives and, and hope and dream and love and laugh and the rest of it. But if we can eliminate the jihadis, let's eliminate them. If we can eliminate the threat from dangerous, violent lunatics who got drummed out of the Air Force, let's eliminate that. If we can figure out what the hell was going on with Vegas, dude, we'll work on that one, too. Just because a solution doesn't get rid of rats and mice and ticks and ants and mosquitoes and the doesn't mean you don't do it. Which reminds me, our house. I probably shouldn't even. I need transition music to do this. Don't play it, Michael, but. I got a transition text if you want. You want a transition text? Yeah, why to not? get you to your story? Well, first we email. Well, go ahead. Yeah, go On ahead. the McDonald's thing. The mm. McDonald's ice cream app is actually a good idea. I rarely go to McDonald's, but in the past two years, I've taken my family to McDonald's for an ice cream and been told the machine was broken four times at four different McDonald's. Wow. So See, having is that a app, self-serve thing and people abuse it or what? No, it's, it's behind the yeah. counter. I remember that drunk chick. She took off her shirt, didn't she? Then she went behind the counter. Oh, she tried right. to fight an employee. Then she went behind the counter and laid her head under the ice cream machine and just squirted ice cream into her mouth. One of the great all-time viral videos. But, yeah, you know, it's not a minor thing if you tell your kids we're going to go to McDonald's and get ice cream, and then you get there and there's no ice cream. Right. You, you got you got to go somewhere else. You got to go somewhere else. Which is a pain. Surprise, kids. What you got was disappointment. Now, let me tell you <laughs> about metaphor life lessons. For life. And if it Take happened, a lick of disappointment. It won't be the last. So they actually need to have an app. Hey, it's working today. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. It's like finding out some sort of fruit that's only ripe for three days is falling from the trees. Come now. We, we got it to work. Come. Oh, what? Nope. It broke. Stay home. It's like the time I went to A&W Root Beer and they were out of root beer. I'm telling you. You got to close. Yeah. Why are you open? That was one of the signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> Sometimes just one or two happens, no apocalypse. Sometimes it's all of them line up. That's why you keep an eye out. Uh, Bill from New York, we already have a national show, points out that uh, yesterday was the last 747 flight for United Airlines. Not all 747s. So you grounded the entire fleet, I'm afraid. Wow, I can. That great bird will still fly above us. What an important story. Yes. Um, also, let's see. Oh, that's the woman with the no teeth. And this, uh, Japan's Black Widow Killer. She's been a craze in Asia. This has been a huge story in Asia. We're not in Asia, you say. Well, that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> she has been convicted and sentenced to hang. Hang? That's right. By the neck until dead? Yes, sir. Or that just kind. Till, by the neck until just mildly discomfort. No, 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 no. Until dead. You see, this this old gal, she uh, she had multiple husbands and, and, and guy pals. She'd suck them in with her feminine wiles and good looks. She's 70 years old. They're all older than 70. And she'd seduce them, again, using her old uh, FWs. And, <laughs> feminine wiles. Right. <laughs> Then she'd get them to, like, sign her over into the will. And then she'd say, hey, listen, you, you, you're looking a little down in the mouth, a little green around the gills. How about you drink this fabulous health cocktail that I like so well? She did this to all of them. And all of them, it was cyanide, Oof, which is an that? excruciating way to die. Where do you get cyanide? It's very bad. I don't know. Um, and, and so evidently, like, the fifth or sixth one, the law finally caught on. 
And uh, and she got convicted. And in court, they said, did you do this? And she said, absolutely, I did. Are you kidding? Yes. Are you fully aware of the potential repercussions for this confession? Yes, she says. Um, and she said, you sentenced me to death. I'll smile as I go. Go ahead. So they're going to hang the old uh, Biatch. <laughs> and again, this story has captured imaginations across Asia. And mine, apparently. So who knew they hanged people in Japan? I thought Japan was all gentle and, and, and honorable and the rest of it. And It's a know. pretty decent way to go about it if you're going to believe in uh, capital punishment, right? I do not understand. I think it's irrational and childlike that we don't take a forty-five and put a bullet in people's heads. If I'm, I mean, it would be instantaneous, painless. If I'm going to be executed, I would choose that over hanging any day of the week. It's, it's just a mess. The only argument against it's 100% effective. You wouldn't feel anything. Well, right, exactly. It's completely painless. You sedate somebody, you put them to sleep, and at some point during that, you, you blow their brains out. I'm sorry, it's harsh, mm. but it's, you're killing people here. Um, I'd take an Ativan or two to take the edge off, but I don't want any needles in me. I'd take the uh, 45 in the back of the head over the uh, lethal injection. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, if I'm I'm fast asleep... And don't, please, don't try to go to court to prove, well, this sleeping drug is sometimes ineffective. It's good enough. And then the old, uh, you know, Kerblooey treatment. How about if I bury you up to your neck with fire ants? Is that any good? <laughs> no? I think we're feeling a little vengeancy this morning. Barbaric! But no, I don't want to get hanged. Good Lord, that's a rough way to go. And Is it the, is it the like, uh, they drop you and your neck snaps, or is it the dangling? No, thing? you got to do the, uh, yeah. The snappy thing, like when they pulled off Sodom's head? <laughs> Speaking Jeez. of a mess. Oh, my God. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. There goes his head. There it goes. I told you the trap door was too high. Oh, man. That's gruesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. What a terrible. I regret the previous uh, segment. I, Joe Getty, take full responsibility for it. Yeah, that was a terrible turn. And we were all having such a good time, too. <laughs> so so this guy, Carter Page, some of you are angry that we haven't talked about him yet and his testimony of wanting to meet with Russians and meeting with Russians and that sort of stuff. He is in the Trump circle. Hell yeah. He's looking for dirt. Should tell you about that. And he was, well, yeah. Yeah, he was a lot of the things that they've been accused of. Yeah, definitely. And, and they were aware of him, and many of them have said under oath that they don't know of anybody who met with Russians. So that's a problem. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. They kiss on the ring. I carry the crown. Nothing can break. Nothing can break me down. are uh, less than 100 days away, and the Russians, already Russia has the gold medal for cheating locked up. The, <laughs> they do. The International Olympic Committee believes that as many as 1,000 Russian athletes were doping in the past Olympics, and not the cool Snoop Dogg kind of doping, the scary, like, Mickey Rourke kind, you know? <laughs> the Olympic Committee is considering a number of penalties for numerous violations. Apparently, they got suspicious when they saw one of the Russian swimmers pulling a water skier behind him. Hey, now! Hey oh, uh, yeah, it's weird. The Olympics are in Russia, with everything that's going on, the tensions. And- what? Well, that's part of the. I thought they're in Korea. They're in Korea. The- there yeah. you go. There you go. The gotcha. The Russians will be there. 
That's what he was making jokes about. I, I hope understand. not. Ban them all. Ban them all. Which is also weird. The Olympics are in Korea. Sure, under the threat, the very shadow of uh, North Korean hostility. Yeah. I doubt Fathead's going to do anything to the Olympics. If he does, well, what What then? What? We'll punch him? What are you going to do? He's got nukes. Mm. And then that's what he's been counting so on the all Oli- the time. Are the Olympics in Seoul? Yes, sir. Yes. So within 30 miles of uh, yes. North Korea. I'm sure everything will be fine. Seoul Games! That's pretty interesting. Yeah. What are you going to do? Nah, we'll talk about it a lot in 100 days, I'm guessing. Exactly. I'll be here. As once again, we'll all get super interested in uh, downhill skiing and... Uh, curling! Ice skating. I flipped. I was flipping channels two nights ago. They were curling. Oh. Chinese ladies, Korean ladies. At it. Curling. And I realized the, the why they call boom? it curling. Because you, you put a little spin on that big uh, uh, thingy. The stone. Yeah. The, the stone. The, the, the slidey stone. And and you sweep and you try to make it curl a little more. It's like throwing a curveball. It's an exciting sport. It's uh, it's it's bar uh, shuffleboard with uh, angry shouting women. Do we have Actually, a bar uh, shuffleboard has angry shouting women? Now that I think about it, do we have a little pixie, an ice princess who's going to capture America's heart? She tries to win the gold medal. Oh, the figure skating. Figure skating. That's for losers. It's too fast paced. I like the curling. I, uh, yes, right. And then the uh, the, the flippity-flop gals, those that's the summer, the gymnastics. Yes, yes, yes. they don't do that on ice. No. <laughs> well, that's because they're cowards. <laughs> I always love the ski jump, but we can stop Good naming one. events that's, now. Yes. We... <laughs> Good point. In, uh, why don't we talk about it in 100 days? Yeah, we will we'll talk about it plenty. <laughs> I wonder if the, uh, the figure skaters got molested as much as the gymnasts did. Yeah, I wonder too. Yeah, yeah so much for the magic of sport. So you got this guy, Carter Page. He's a, uh, what is he exactly? He's a Trump campaign advisor. He's a foreign policy guy. He's a Beltway guy. Uh, he was dragged in front of the House Intelligence Committee on Monday, and they've uh, released the full transcript for he, some reason. He was questioned for seven hours. He decided to not have a lawyer. He answered his own questions, which, uh, you know, is admirable on, on, on one level. You're not, it doesn't look like you're hiding something when you're constantly whispering in a lawyer's ear. On the other hand, he got he got all tied up in knots a couple of different times. So mm. Some of his answers didn't match up with his other answers. Well, he revealed during his testimony he met with both members of Russia's presidential administration and with the head of investor relations at the state-owned Russian oil giant Rosneft during his trip to Moscow in July. He also congratulated members of Trump's campaign foreign policy team for their excellent work on the Ukraine amendment which is a reference to Trump campaign's decision to intervene to water down a proposed amendment to the GOP's Ukraine platform, mainly that Putin and his goons are bastards for invading Ukraine. The original amendment proposed the GOP commit to sending, quote, lethal weapons to the Ukrainians to fend off Russian aggression, but it was ultimately altered, softened up considerably, etc. Dossier, the remember the uh, the crazy dossier with old uh, Steele? What's his name? Of Christopher Steele? You know, the uh, hookers peeing on the bed got a lot of attention, and how could it not? Um, but some of the other stuff in it has to do with, like this, the dossier agreed the campaign agreed to sideline the issue of Russia's invasion of Crimea and interference in eastern Ukraine in exchange for dirt on Hillary Clinton. So, and, and listen, I hear a lot of you yelling, what about the Uranium One deal? What about that? I'm t- I think all sides, both sides, all of them, are consorting with Putin and his goons to get money and get help and get dirt on each other and the rest of it. I think there's virtually nobody clean in this mess. So what is going to come out of this, though? Because it would seem that um, uh, 
who's the Elfin Attorney General we currently have, Sessions, Jeff Sessions, uh, was aware of this guy's uh, trip to Russia. I don't know if if Trump knew it, but uh, Sessions, you know, a number of times has said under oath that nobody he knows of met with Russians. Mm -hmm. Uh, So did he not remember it? He is old. I don't know. Did he not remember it? Was he just out and out lying? That seems like it seems odd that you would think you could get away with that if you're just trying to lie about it. Well, and Page also uh, corresponded with and talked with Sam Clovis. This character is another Trump campaign advisor who asked him to sign a non-disclosure agreement upon joining the campaign. And he says he discussed his Moscow trip with Clovis. Clovis was also a key contact with this George Papadopoulos guy who recently pleaded guilty to lying to federal agents about his contact with Russian-linked foreign nationals. Why were both campaigns involved with Russia as often as they were? Because Russia was aggressively reaching out to them, I think. But as I heard pointed out the other day, Russia's uh, economy is about the size of Italy's. It's not like they're the major economic power on Earth mm-hmm. that you obviously, everyone would be having ties to. Yeah. Why Russia? Because they're willing to do unscrupulous things and throw oh, yeah. around money in crazy ways? Yeah, you can get lots of money from them, and they're very aggressive at gathering dirt on people and trying to ruin people, compromat. And so so Putin and his goons reached out to both campaigns and said, oh, my God, we got dirt on your guy. Oh, oh my God. We, we, we got stuff on Trump. We'll make your hair fall out. Meanwhile, they're calling Trump and saying, oh, Christ, you've seen Hillary's emails? Oh, we got them all. You want to see them? We got them for you. We got all sorts of dirt on her. I'm telling you, I hope Mueller is the straight shooter that a lot of people, including Trey Gowdy, think he is. Because I'm, I'm telling you, the mud is going to be all over uh, these people. Yeah, but it, it, won't, it will only matter for who's currently president, right? For the most part. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, as usual, as we have to point out, there are two layers to this. The legal and then the what's good for America. And, you know, there may be some laws broken. I'm thinking they're kind of like that registering as a foreign lobbyist laws. Nobody follows them anyway. What about lying under oath? That is a problem. That is a problem. Um, and so then and it would be another example well, of, of so many where the cover-up was worse than the crime. Right, right. But in answer to your question, that sort of thing, it doesn't matter who's president. they got to prosecute everybody who does it. Even like Jeb Bush's campaign, if they lied under oath. Everybody on that level will get punished. On the what are you doing consorting with the dirty commies um, as an American, that could touch both campaigns. Uh, Of course, the winner, Trump, will be under more scrutiny because nobody cares about Hillary Clinton. She's a lonely old lady who lives in upstate New York. Um, So on a political level. Alone, that's the best part. Alone, sorry, lives alone. (laughs) It's it's my own gag, and I forgot the best part. Thank you. but yeah, on a political level, of course, it'll affect Trump a lot more. But I, and I still don't know, and I wonder if we'll ever know this: how much of it was clever, pre-thought-out, you know, James Bond-level espionage stuff versus they had like eight people running their campaign. They were floundering. None of them had any idea what they were doing. Nobody thought they could win. I mean, that meeting they all sat down for, any smart political people would have realized that was poison, but they didn't know enough to even know that it was a bad idea. Uh, I, you, just, you just don't know. How much, of it, right. how much of it was cleverly thought out something we should be worried about? How much of it was just doofishness? They don't know what they're doing, and they don't think they're going to win. Right. 
And I'm reading, th- I'm reading through a lot of this testimony, and there's a lot of, I don't remember seeing that email. I got a million emails. Or, yeah, he floated that idea, and I told him it was stupid, and that was the last we talked about it, blah, blah, blah. That sort of denial, which is either plausible or not plausible, depending on who you're talking about. But in a world where, and, and Brett Baer went after old uh, Tom Perez. Is that his name, the current head of the DNC? Yeah. yeah. He's an odd bird. Odd bird. He sounds like some sort of movie villain whenever he talks. But anyway, uh, Brett Baer was going after him saying, look, the whole um, Donna Brazil, Hillary Clinton, uh, the the allegation that, um, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't Donna Brazil. The allegation that Hillary Clinton's people were paying and the DNC was paying for this Christopher Steele, the Russian uh, dossier thing that they were paying and they were consorting with the Russians and paying big money for it. And Brett Baer was going after uh, Paris saying, now, oh, oh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz says she had no idea that the DNC was paying for it. Hillary Clinton and Robbie Mook say they had no idea that anybody was paying for it. Donna Brazil says, oh, my God, I had no idea anybody was paying for that. You're the current guy. You're telling us, oh, wow, millions of dollars. Amazing. I have no idea we were paying for that. Who knew? Somebody was writing those checks. Who signed them? And Perez was like, oh, I don't know. So in a world where you can get away with that S. Yeah, somebody signs off on spending millions of dollars. Right. What charge is going to stick to whom in D.C.? I don't know. But on the remembering meeting stuff, I wonder how much much of it could be people didn't commit this stuff to memory because they didn't think it was ever going to matter. Jeff Sessions was thinking, we're never going to be president, so it freaking doesn't, none of this matters. (laughs) We're never going to win. You know, (laughs) there is certainly an element of that. How important that is to I've all of us, I don't me- know. I've been in meetings where I knew it wasn't ultimately going to matter. You don't pay any attention. Right. Because <laughs> you just think this is never going to happen. Who cares? <laughs> I wonder how much of that was going on. I'm some sort of a PhD poli-sci student. They say, hey, you're Greek. You want to come and be on uh, Donald Trump's foreign policy panel? Tell him something about Greece? Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Why not? I mean, I was looking at the video of Trump when he walked out a year ago tonight at like one thirty in the morning our time. I stayed up to watch it. It was awesome. But he didn't walk out there with the look on of his face of a guy like, I knew I was going to win all along. <laughs> he looked as shocked as anybody. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, I've won the hardest job I'm ever going to have. <laughs> right, and screwed up my spectacular <laughs> lifestyle. And I remember him coming out and saying, this is big. This is big. I've done a lot of big things, but this is really big. <laughs> You're right. You're right it is. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Democrats proudly proclaim the beginning of a new blue wave. And, oh, please. And the way please, to... your party has fallen apart. And the way to re-energize these days, it's called the coffee nap. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Gibby. The coffee nap. Yes. I'm staying tuned for that one. You've got me you're scratching me where I itch. It's got a catchy name. I have to stay tuned. What? Taking a nap. Catchy and ironic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't say, yeah, I understand. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, so um, 
the video from the Texas church is out there somewhere, and it's uh, I was talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Our news media outlet's going to have the restraint to not air that because that um, that's the sort of thing that contributes to these shootings. Putting that stuff out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Be interesting to watch. That. God, I hope nobody's airing it. I hope not. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Democrats are proclaiming the beginning of a blue wave after coming out on top in the New Jersey and Virginia governor's races. I'll once again state that sort of a commentary, uh, you believe it if you're either ignorant, a moron, or lying. Those are your two choices. You just don't know any better because that's not the way politics works. Or you're lying because you're wanting to put that spin out there. Those are the two options. Sure. Both parties are crumbling. And everybody knows it. And I'm delighted by it. And they used to to happen the other way, too. Whenever Republicans would win a race, it's clear repudiation of Obama policies. No, it's not. No, it's not. And then he gets reelected. Virginia Lieutenant Governor Ralph Northam won the state's election last night over the Trump-endorsed Republican National Chairman Ed Gillespie. We have witnessed yet another Democratic sweep today. Virginians have answered and have spoken. Virginia has told us to end the divisiveness. Oh, my God. You ran ads where your opponent's pickup truck was trying to run over little kids while sporting a Confederate flag. End the divisiveness. Kiss my ass, you hypocritical liar. And And by the way, your opponent was an a-hole, too. And I don't know what the future of (laughs) politics is, but it isn't people that sound like him. It's not yeah. people that sound like him. That right. that style of speaking is just yesterday's Vildadio. That's why I am announcing my candidacy for the Senate from whatever state will have me. <laughs> Line up <laughs> on the left, please. Listen to this, would you? Jonah Goldberg wrote yeah. this. I think it's fabulous. Uh, do you have more on that race and the whole national politics, not uh, national? Yeah, just, okay. uh, and Trump's pointing it out today, and it's 100% true. One of the other reasons that narrative is dumb is Ed Gillespie specifically did not run as a Trump guy. He right. ran away from Trump the whole time. So the whole this is a repudiation of Trump doesn't make sense on any level. I love this. General Goldberg. The GOP is running as smoothly as a dry slip and slide made from sandpaper. The party is as dif- dysfunctional as the Human Resources Department at the Weinstein Company. Good one. <laughs> uh, it stems from a host of ideological, political, and structural problems that are only compounded by the fact that the president grabs the public's attention like a spider monkey running through a church with a lit stick of dynamite. <laughs> the Democratic Party, meanwhile, has gotten drunk on the spectacle, and as with many a drunk, it's grown oblivious to its own decrepitude, like a bitter lush sitting in its own filth amid a sea of empty wow. bottles, mold pizza boxes and fried chicken bones it shouts at the tv and boasts how it could do better oh my god that's priceless nice job jonah what a picture that paints hey in new jersey the democrat film uh, murphy he also won he's going to be replacing the outgoing governor chris christie who actually got into it with a voter outside of his polling place it's easier to sit yeah oh really i'm sure i'm sure easier to sit here and complain but you know what um, that's the joy of public service. It's serving. It's serving but folks. It's it's serving like folks. Yeah, it's serving. Man. It's serving folks like you. That is really such a unique joy. It really is. You're fabulous. So listen. And he then got, he grabbed her M and M's. And then he stole her M and M's. Knocked her down. Ran away. So you got a deep blue state that elects this guy who's got a. This is not a joke. A huge personality. Tough talking, really compelling politician. He's a prosecutor. They elect Chris Christie. It's like, you know, once in a blue moon, a California uh, a Republican gets elected in California. 
to the the governor's mansion. Um, turns out he he and his cronies block lanes to punish local politicians who oppose him. He turns out to be an a hole, and he's humiliated on uh, humiliated on the campaign trail, and and he's termed out anyway. And the Republicans pick one of his cronies yeah. to run for the election, and 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 New Jersey says no freaking way, and they vote for the other guy. That's a repudiation right. of Trump. So a heavily, no! a heavily blue state goes back to having a blue governor. Right. Yeah, what a big surprise. It's a blue wave, a new blue. Oh, please, God, you, you people are killing me. I, I, I tell yeah. you, the, the whole politics story in general is so much more interesting than they're making it out to be. It's not the old game. Something big is happening. We should just sit back and watch it. Last note. Turns out coffee naps are indeed a real thing. They've been examined now in a number of studies that found... Coffee consumption, followed by a brief nap, was more effective at keeping people awake and alert than either coffee or naps alone could do. When wow. you When you drink coffee, it's absorbed into your nervous system within about 30 minutes. So taking a quick nap right after drinking it gives it time to kick in. You wake up and bam. You are really alert. So drink a little before you lay down. Yeah, well, I feel Have a like you good swigs. I feel like coffee hits me faster than thirty minutes. I wonder if that's the psychological buzz in the morning when Could you get be. that first uh, sip, or even in the afternoon. I feel that. I, I'm going to try this though. I definitely yeah. feel I get a kick from coffee faster than thirty minutes. I love the idea of getting up from a nap and not feeling like I've been hit with a tranquilizer dart, right. uh, slogging through right. that half sleep feeling for long. Luckily, time. I don't ever take naps, so I don't have to worry about that. But I remember when I did. Yeah, that that is a bad feeling. Oh. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Somebody just texted, you did that coffee nap story two years ago. Yeah, yeah we maybe, did. Maybe we you did. did. Maybe you we did. We absolutely <laughs> did. I remember it well. It's a reminder, dumb dumb. <laughs> Thank you for listening all this time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, my God. that much attention. Sean is now in charge of responding to texts. I have failed. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Ah, we could do another one of those montages of election night a year ago today. I know a lot of you texters have been enjoying them. It's something. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Anniversary of Trump getting elected, which is not getting much attention. I uh, I suppose that makes sense because uh, most of the media is unhappy with it, and you know I don't watch highlights of my favorite team losing a game. I never want to hear about it again, right? Other than the million times you've brought it up, first and goal on the nine. You got Frank Gore and. But Other I, than that, I see your point. <laughs> but, you know, you don't keep it on the DVR and watch it over no, and over no, generally like you do when your team wins. I kid. Of course not. Right. Um, so maybe Let's that's relive why. that pain and disappointment. <laughs> but this is uh, how it went down on NBC. Starting you, you know, on... if Dwight Clark had missed that pass, it wouldn't be run, rerun all the freaking time. Correct. Right? This was NBC a year ago today. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Decision Night in America here at NBC's Democracy Plaza. We're going to know early how late of a night this is going to be. 
Florida is going to tell us everything tonight as far as the path for Donald Trump. No one thought it was going to be this close at this point. Uh, Trump can still win this thing at 9 o'clock tonight. I think there's some real jitter setting in, in Clinton headquarters right now. This map is suddenly 50-50. The presidency is up for grabs. The American people have a funny way of making sure they get heard and they are being heard tonight. We've overlooked rural America a bit too much. Ohio will go to Donald Trump. We have a major projection in the state of Virginia. The projected winner is Hillary Clinton. There are paths to 270 that are opening up for Donald Trump as we speak. He just blew through every single vote total estimate that Democrats had and frankly, even Republicans. He's sending a message. My vote for Donald Trump says something to the establishment. And we have new projections at the 11 o'clock hour. NBC News projects that Hillary Clinton wins the state of California. Two uh, election viewing parties hoping to be celebrations a few blocks apart here in Manhattan. No one is going home at either of them. Wisconsin could be going, could be going Republican for the first time in 32 years. It is 11.30 in the East, and as we look at Democracy Plaza, NBC News projecting that Donald Trump is the apparent winner in Florida. I need to interrupt with another one. Trump wins Iowa. They're chanting USA, USA, USA. They really feel like Donald Trump has a very good chance of winning. People just standing shell-shocked. The mood is quite somber. You can sense it. It's fairly quiet here. This is anything but a victory party. Those faces at the Clinton headquarters say it all. She needs a miracle. It's been a long campaign, but I could say we can wait a little longer, can't we? So we're not going to have anything more to say tonight. O'Donnell reporting a source uh, saying that Clinton has called Trump to concede the election. It is my high honor to introduce to you the president-elect of the United States of America, Donald Trump. We have to do a great job. And I promise you that I will not let you down. It's my honor. It was an amazing evening. It's been an amazing two-year period. And I love this country. Thank you. Thank you very much. A political earthquake, a come-from-behind story for the ages, a man who defied political gravity to walk on that stage tonight as the president-elect. And I I still think both parties don't get the level of dissatisfaction there is. There are a lot of people in the United States who are saying it it's not working. This whole thing isn't working. It's not working for us. It's not working for me. I'm not liking it. I, I watch you people on TV. I've won. You, my side is won. My side is lost. And I and it just it never it never changes for me. I'm getting condemnation from one party and condescension from the other. And I I, st- I still don't think they grasp that. Neil Brennan, writer, actor, comedian, allegedly. Part of the oral history of the election night that Esquire has published. He was a co-creator of the Chappelle Show. Slowly but surely it dawns on us. And I had said things like, you know, I've heard that technically Republicans can never win another presidential election. I'm just saying I had heard that too from George Will. I'm just saying dumbass. All things I'd read on Politico or effing the Atlantic or whatever. And then slowly but surely it happens. It's like we, it, effing Hillary lost. Van Jones, I picked up my pen and I wrote down two words, parents and white lash. White lash. This, today is the first day I've heard that term, I think. That was yeah, in one of the montages. at the time and how parents have to white. go home and tell their children how to be sad. And white lash. Anna Marie Cox, political commentator. I happen to be in recovery and I had moments of like, 
Why the F not? I went on Twitter and said, to those of us in the room together, he's not worth it. Don't drink over this. The response I got was amazing. I'm going to a meeting tomorrow. Everyone get through this 24 hours. Get me to a meeting. We're not alone. I hope I never react to any election like that. <laughs> I mean, I suppose if a communist won, I might actually be pretty upset. Sure. Who ran on straight up, I'm a communist. Yeah. I want to collectivize the country. I want to take away free property. You know, that sort of thing. I sure. might be upset. Yeah. Short of that, I hope I'm never really that upset about an election anywhere. Roll your eyes, say, oof, here we go again. And endure the other party for a little while. Or mostly same old, same old, which is generally what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but, technically, yeah. the Republicans will never win another election. The uh, models are showing clearly that... Yeah. Uh, George Will had been saying that for years. That just the map didn't play out that that could happen. Well, I hope both parties go away and never come back. So. Oh, yeah. Start completely over. Sean's idea is fire everybody and start from scratch. Bring back the Whigs. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.